everybody, you are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Or the next episode is free. I am Kyle Bolin. And I'm Jason Cavallari. And today we are talking about Cosmic, Cosmic Frog. <laughs> it's like pigs in space, but with it, frogs. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to do some post there and make it sound like the pigs in space uh, little intro. <laughs> With Doctor Strange Pork. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, like, Kermit had to guest star on that bit at some point, right? So he's been a cosmic oh, yeah, frog. Oh, yeah, for sure. He probably, you know, this whole like, this whole board game probably came from that whole sketch, right? <laughs> we have found the origin. <laughs> yeah. So Cosmic Frog is designed by Jim Felly. Art is by Tim Barton, Jim Felly, Chad Hoverter, Tanny Pettit, Naomi Robinson, and it is published by Devious Weasel Games. It plays between two and six players, a playing time of 45 minutes to 90 minutes, and it has a weight of 3.04 out of 5. Whenever you say that weight statistic, I'm like, what? I, I have no idea what this is supposed you to be. You always ask me what it's out of, and I know. it's always out of 5. I said it this <laughs> time, so you didn't have to ask. But yeah, but but are you seeing the, 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 the lack of a pattern here with what I'm talking about? Like, you know, like yeah. one game that seems like only a little bit easier than this is like, you know, a 1.2, and somehow this is a 3 out of 5. Right, yeah. It just, I feel like it's a big joke. And I keep using it because it's my joke that I enjoy. <laughs> Cosmic Frog, uh, stop me if you've heard this one. Uh, all the players are playing as two mile high frogs in space that are eating, uh, consuming, uh, the land shards of a shattered world and bringing them back to their vault and regurgitating up the land pieces and putting them in a nice and neat order in order to have the neatest and most valuable vault at the end of the game. Yep. <laughs> that that's the premise of cosmic frog someone was smoking something that day yeah uh so smoking is, something and watching pigs in space look we've covered a lot of themes that come up over and over again right i mean how many zombie games how many horror games have we done that are cthulhu right oh yeah uh, so if anything if anything this game gets massive points for being unique in theme alone right oh yeah for sure yeah, uh, but anyway, let's talk about what kind of game it is, because uh, even that's pretty unique, actually. Like, it doesn't exactly play like anything else in particular. I mean, it, it probably has, like, certain, you know, like, like mechanics that aren't terribly complex, and so you can say, oh, well, that's a die roll, whatever, I know how to die roll, or I'll roll dice, but... Yeah. Um, but there's there's a neoprene mat that you roll out, it's very wide and narrow, um, and, and that represents, like, the the... What what is it? The shard, right? The shard is like the uh, right, the yeah. landmass that still exists from this shattered world or whatever, and and yeah. the, and and the neoprene mat kind of depicts you know like sort of like a nebula behind it or whatever. It looks like space, you know. Um, and you're gonna cover that mat with a like I don't know like in the high dozens of hexes, like eighty six or something like that, of these like little barren chits, little hexagonal chits, and then um a bunch of land chits that represent four domains of land and within each one of those domains there's two types of land so you've got like your desert lands you've got like your mountain lands your wetlands and your like you know lush you know like verdant lands uh with you know plants and stuff right trees um and then the frogs are all going to go out and try to eat up all that land fill up their gullet jump off the land into space so they can get to their vault and then spit it back up in the vault 
I like the the word gullet. That's yeah. such a fun word to say. And it is officially what it is called, is the gullet, right? It you is, got, yeah. I, I, there's a little mat that says gullet yeah. on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and as you're playing the game, uh, the, the mat is going to become, like, more and more barren because the frogs are eating up all of the good land, right? And in addition to that, every now and then there's going to be, like, sort of like a, they call it a shard strike or a shard something, right? Splinter, shard, splinter, splinter, splinter strike. Splinter Strike, uh, which is basically like a meteor striking the land and basically just destroying the hex that it lands on, as well as damaging the top layers of tiles that are on all of the surrounding hexes. And that can also do damage to the frogs if they're there, kind of like, you know, like tossing them back into space, which they call the Aether in this game, the Aether Mm -hmm. or whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, possibly causing them to, you know, accidentally spit up all the land that they've swallowed and and so on and so on, right? Um, and as the world becomes, like, less populated with land, it gets a little harder to get around, and the game ends when either all of the good land, not the barren land, but the good land that you want to eat is gone, or this column of special Splinter Strike results kind of, like, fills up, and then the game is just immediately over. Yeah, it sort of signifies that the shard has become too unstable. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and as you're playing the game, uh, you can attack the other frogs uh, to try to steal the the land that they have in their gullet. You can attack them out in space in the Aether in order to try to knock them into these zones called the Outer Dimensions, which basically means they're just, I guess, super far away now and (laughs) can't protect their vault because that's when their vault becomes vulnerable and you can raid their vault and then take all of their goodies in there. They are lost in time and space. Basically, yeah. I mean, it it seems like you can get back without too much trouble and they have some mechanics to kind of balance out what happens if you do miss some turns because you're out in you know like the outer dimensions all your turns kind of save up as you're on your way back and then you get to take them all at once when you get back into the aether uh but yeah i mean it's just it's it's sort of like a mechanic to allow other people to take advantage of you when you've got your guard down or when you're vulnerable essentially right right yeah and then, in addition to that, the other main mechanic here is that all of the frogs have uh, an ability card. It's, I think there's like 16 of these like special ability cards that uh, dictate both what dice you roll when fighting or attacking a vault, as well as giving you other special abilities that you might spend a resource called oomph on, or some of them just might be like you know passives or something that you can just kind of always do. Like I leap twice as far as everybody else, or whatever, right? Yeah. Or I can attack for, uh, like you know. I can attack and I can and I can empower it, make it my, make myself stronger by using less of this special resource called Doom, things like that, um, yeah. all, and all kinds of crazy stuff that's even way yeah. more like hard to describe than that. Um, I had one that uh, if anybody wanted to attack me, they had to actually pay oomph um, before they did it. Right. Yeah. And like I had one that like allowed me to copy the dice of another person or to like, you know, I had one that flipped. It caused their card to flip over, basically making them like a generic frog at that point if they attacked me. Things like that. Right. Um, yeah. All kinds of stuff. There, I think there's like teleporting frogs. There's um, mutating frogs. There's and, and mutating is a thing that you do naturally also in the game. It's um, a lot going on. A lot of like little things going on in this game. Um, so. Maybe that is what is contributing to that weight of 3.04, but I mean, when you actually sit down and play it, it's pretty straightforward, your turn-to-turn stuff, I think. Yeah, um, it's not that difficult to grasp once you're no. doing it. You, you choose an action and you do it. It might be leap, which just takes you from one hex to another. It might be, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever the whatever the term is they use for gobbling up land, because that's one of the things that uh, you can harvest. do. Harvesting. Harvest, yeah. Uh, it might be leaping out into space. It might be, you know... Um, regurgitating there was there was a word for that too <laughs> this is uh, not disgorge or is, something is it disgorge yeah disgorging all the land in your gullet and your vault um 
attacking, whatever, right? Like, there's there's a bunch of different actions. You just choose one of those when your turn comes up, which is dictated by a deck of cards. Uh, so everybody has a certain number. I think it's, like, between, like, four and six or something. Cards in a deck that gets randomized every round. And when your card comes up, you take a turn. You get to choose one of those actions. So there's no set order to the rounds. You don't really know when you're going to go, which I think is another one of the sort of key features, the key, key design points of this game. Because you... There's a lot of randomness to this game. It gets kind of mitigated in certain ways, and in some ways it, it kind of allows you to, like... Like, like our first round when we played the last game, Jason, yeah. you didn't go for, like, eight turns or something like that, right? Yeah, like, that's correct. All, <laughs> yeah, like, all of your cards were sort of, like, uh, stacked in the back of the round, of the, the, the deck for the round. And so, you know, Gabe and I got to take a bunch of turns, and it was, you were just, like, sitting there kind of bored, and then it was like, okay, well, yeah, but then you're going to get to do, like, whatever you want at the end, and you're going to see how we're set up, and if you wanted to, you could possibly take advantage of that. Um, you know, kind of if you're planning ahead and thinking about what you're going to do with four turns in a row or whatever. Yeah. Um, but also, it, it can also disrupt plans because the round might end and then you're like, I really need to go now. Otherwise, I'm vulnerable, right, with certain situations. Mm-hmm. And then you may not get to go for, you know, another eight rounds or something. So right, yeah. kind of a kind of a weird, crazy point uh, in, in the design of this game, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it can be a little bit frustrating sometimes, but um, but like you said, like it sort of is balanced out a little bit when you know if you if you don't have to go if you don't get to go for a long time that you you will have like a series of turns in succession or something like that. I it can be a, a making plans um, <laughs> <laughs> in this game is is really hard to do because of that mechanic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you could like land on the shard and say, okay, like I want to harvest this one and then leap over here and harvest that and et cetera, et cetera, except that you might not not get a a chance to do that forever. And the next thing you know, all those plans go out the window because people already did the things you wanted to do. (laughs) Yeah. Or or they're jumping on you and attacking you. Yeah. Or that you you really needed to just one more leap to get off into space and one more turn after that in order to disgorge the land in your gullet. But hey, somebody leaped on you and now they're taking it from you. you yes, know? exactly. That is what happened to me in that last game and I was super pissed about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A- and it was a thing that I was worried about on certain turns. There was turns that were going by where I was like, oh crap, how many turns have I taken this round? Because I really just need one more turn to get off of this land and then I have the oomph I need in order to take an extra turn because you can spend two oomph to take an extra action um, on one of your turns I have what I need if I can just pull that card otherwise I'm vulnerable here on the edge of this land right Mm -hmm. and somebody could jump on me and take the three things that are in my gullet right and so I had a lot of anxiety about that on several turns I remember Um, even though you and Gabe were playing playing a fairly non-confrontational style for most of the game and, and that never happened it was something that I was thinking about it was something that I was worried about um, so that anxiety persisted throughout the entire game, right? Because yeah. of because of those mechanics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is it's sort of this constant fear that mm-hmm. something bad is going to happen to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, you tried to attack me once, and it it ended up going badly for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's a failure, right? I mean, like, there's no real consequence for failing an attack uh, in most cases, uh, but it's a wasted turn, right? And 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 like right. one wasted turn. It's kind of a big deal in this game, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
on the other hand a, a failed defense is can be really catastrophic way worse yeah <laughs> yeah yeah if, if you followed up one failed attack with one successful attack against like a similar person then you've probably set them further back than you were set back by failing in the first place so, right yeah. yeah yeah true <laughs> yeah. um okay let's let's talk about the art, the table presence, the components, um, before we go into how we enjoyed the game. Okay. Uh, because I feel like the, the main thing that brought me to this game, the main thing that put this on my radar, other than the theme, which was part of it, uh, is the artwork. Um, yeah. The, the the box cover uses one of the one of the art pieces that gets used on one of the like sort of ability cards, and among those ability cards is some of. I think the my favorite artwork in any board game ever. It's pretty stellar, I have to say. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it's it, it's all of these different frogs in these cosmic settings. They're just they're just they're just so wild. I mean, like you you should really if you're listening to this and you have any interest in seeing some really crazy wild frog artwork. Um, and, and even if you're not, I still think maybe Google this and, and look it up. Look up it's, cosmic frog artwork. It sort of has like a a '60s or '70s yeah. like yeah black light in your beaded yes. curtained bedroom kind yes. of feel to it yes <laughs> yes this this could have been a poster that i picked up at like you know the uh the, the nirvana store or whatever in 1996 you know yeah for um, yeah exactly um and it's and i'm here for it like it, it looks great <laughs> it, it looks amazing uh and and so like the card artwork for the ability cards is just just absolutely amazing. I, I, I love looking at those cards. I, I bought a print at Gen Con and brought it home and framed it for one of the cards. <laughs> I, I wish I had bought more at this point. They're just so good. Um, and, and I've never done that with board game art before. I've never I've never purchased art for a board game aside from just purchasing the board game itself. Um, so that's how good it was to me anyway. Um other things, the the mat looks really cool. I think that the uh, the nice sort of like nebula looking artwork going on behind the hexes is really evocative of being in space and this being a very cosmic game. Um, you know, I, I think that beyond that, everything is basically just functional, right? Uh, yeah, uh, the frog miniatures are cool. Oh, good point. Yeah, the frog miniatures look really good. Uh, there's six frog miniatures, and there's basically three models, and there's two pairs of each model because you can play team games with this. There's, like, a variant for team games. Uh, and they also recommend that if you're playing low player counts that you use two frogs each. So if you're playing, like, a two-player game, they recommend to keep things interesting to play with four frogs. So you'd have two matching models, and so would the other person. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the models look great. They're nice and chunky, and they've got really great detail to them. Um, those look really good. I've seen some examples of them painted, and they look phenomenal. Um, but then beyond that, you've got your turn order cards, which are basically just, like, a, a, a colored card that matches the color of your frog. And maybe, like, a picture of a frog or whatever, and it says yellow on it or something, which is, you know, like, very... It's not very impressive visually, but it gets the job done. Um, and then there's the hexes, right? The hexes themselves, that that the yeah. cardboard chits that we put down on the the board. How did you feel like they look and feel and everything, Jason? Um, they're a little lightweight. Uh, they can they're they're really easy to topple over. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, fine. They're fine. I mean, they're they're completely functional. Um, right. It's just it can be a little fiddly to deal with on the on a board they look fine to me but the the artwork isn't 
necessarily like super impressive on the tiles i feel right like, well they're to also the really tiny so it's not they're pretty small yeah um the one thing that is cool about them though is that depending on what type of land it is there's a different thickness to the tiles so the barren land is like super thin uh cardboard the uh the lowland lands are like a little bit thicker uh, and a little bit thicker than i think most typical sort of like cardboard components are and then the highland tiles are super thick i think they're like five or six millimeters or something like that thick yeah um, so those feel really huge and chunky um and that's really cool like when you when you first like get this out you you, you play around with the the cardboard tiles and start putting them out you'll be like wow i've never had tiles in a game that are quite this thick um and that's to help differentiate the different types of tiles from each other so that you can you can see it from a distance and then like you know make plans accordingly uh as well as like score quickly when it's in your vault and everything yeah um and so it, it's both functional and i think the thickness is a really cool tactile thing as well um but also very functional uh so so like i i think that the the visuals of this game and the components of this game are absolutely phenomenal best in class with the artwork um and maybe the models for the frogs are you know like absolutely excellent um the neoprene mats really good to you know like functional and and good mm-hmm. for all of the other stuff in the game but you know like the the weird disparity between how amazing you know the ability cards are and the mat and everything kind of makes it feel weird that the rest of the stuff isn't somehow you know even better than it is that's 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 the only thing for me is there's this little dissonance between that sure those, those two sort of sides of the components and everything yeah 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 Okay, so Jason, how did it play to you? Did, did you have fun with this game? We've played it twice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's definitely a lot to like here, and then then there are there's a bunch of stuff that I just bother me. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. One thing, okay, so here, here, here's the positives. I really, really like the theme. I really, really, really like the artwork. And to a certain degree, I like the mechanic of having to it basically like set collection stuff and then building the tableau. That is kind of cool. Um, although not necessarily completely innovative because um, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff that does that. The stuff that I don't like about this is the ability cards, while the art is fantastic, they vary wildly in their usefulness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they can be very situational. Yes, yeah, or they can be widely applicable and and really good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so you're you're and if you're the one that has the situational card and you're not in that situation where it's useful, yeah, it's useless. And your opponent has the, the the widely applicable one, uh, that doesn't feel good. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So so that's one thing. And sometimes you don't have a choice of whether or not you get a new card when the ether flux happens, um, because you have to pay oomph to be able to keep your current mutation or to be able to choose a new mutation or yeah, i don't or think we else. really described what the aether flux was but um every round after the first round there's a card that comes up eventually that's called the aether flux card and that forces everybody to mutate unless as jason's describing they pay a certain amount of oomph to right yeah keep the card they've got or you know keep the card they've got and draw another one and then pick between the two right but since oomph is kind of like an all-around currency for stuff which a lot of people use to do an extra action or um or or you know whatever else or sometimes even actions require it uh, they do. to do you, them you use it you use it to uh empower your attacks and make right your attacks yeah better yeah. yeah so there's a better than average chance that you won't have any oomph to spare when the aether flux happens <laughs> yeah so um so that's one thing the second thing is that combat in this game is not not very satisfying um, no i I've, i kind of agree 
Yeah, it, it's it basically boils down to whoever rolls highest on a particular die. Um, yeah, it, and there's it, not I, a lot of maneuvering you can do to defend against it. There's not a lot to it, right? I mean, like you can you can spend some oomph to roll two dice and take the higher of the two, or spend two other oomph in order to add one to whatever the highest die roll is. Right. And then you know you've got certain abilities that you might have on your ability card that might also cost oomph, right? And, or or you just might have other abilities. And then you've got like uh like three different colors of dice and and like the there's like white yellow and red and red is the best it has the highest numbers uh yellow's in the middle and white's the lowest so you might know you've got a higher chance of getting a higher number than the other person it's all kind of probability yeah well the the kind of die that you roll depends on the location that you are on the board and what kind of mutation you have yeah 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 because the mutation card dictates what color die you roll in each location um but i mean when you get down to the combat it's just roll the dice see who yeah, won who exactly see who, who got the higher die it, it it's i don't know like like we, we've we played other games where there's combat and there's die rolling but they usually supplement that with maybe some card play or you know some other special abilities or something i don't know and i, I guess like you know you, you could argue that there is that in this game as long as you have a mutation for it but you don't always you know right um, yeah yeah it's it's, a, it's again it's something that you don't often have a whole lot of control over correct yeah um i i, I guess the 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 positive about the way the combat works is that it doesn't take up a lot of time. Uh, the combats are super, super quick, and you can re- get right back to gobbling up land or raiding yeah. vaults or whatever. Yeah. Um, but if that's one of the main features and draws of the game, that there's combat in this game, it's you know not quite as fun as, say, Kemet. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I think that it would be a poorer game without the combat, because other than that, right. like it's just a bunch of frogs hopping around on a thing collecting tiles. Yeah, that's really I, all it is. Um, I, I feel like if I really wanted to be satisfied by the combat, there needs to be like, you know, an additional deck that like lets me in, in some way, like play a card to be like, oh, you thought you got me, but you don't, you know, right. And then, yeah. You, know, you, you play your oh, but I got to cancel for that or whatever. Or and, at the and, very least to make losing not so devastating uh, in some cir- circumstances. I mean, it has to be a pretty big um difference between the die rolls for it to be really devastating because the the amount of land that you can take out of somebody's gullet is equal to the difference between the die rolls um and the same right. thing with like how far you get knocked back in the outer dimension yeah but, but if that difference is four like you're yeah, everything know, you just lot. collected over the last however many turns is yeah. gone <laughs> yeah and i mean if that happens then hopefully you're going to get that person back at some point you know like this, this hopefully this, but think, then again the combat system is like well it's a big chance <laughs> and i i think this is going to this is going to inform who this game is for, right? Like this is this is a conversation I think we should be having uh, intentionally as often as as we can when we're talking about games. I, I think that if you have a group or a pair of people or whoever that is like really interested in this wild theme, uh, kind of likes the the moving around a board and doing a little bit of set collection and and kind of like you know some sort of like arranging a vault and so that there's like you know uh, different ways of creating adjacencies that give you you know bonuses and things like that as well as like you know creating the siphon right there we didn't even talk about that there's a way yeah. to basically give yourself oomph every turn by arranging the land a certain way um, if that sounds interesting and you also are the type of gaming group that enjoys a real back and forth like a real take that sort of thing back and forth um then this game i think is encouraging you to do that or would probably like fire on all cylinders better if you enjoy that sort of a thing um but i think that when we play games we only do that if we feel like we really have to you know yeah. um we're the type of players that really only engage in combat if 
the game is designed entirely around it, like a game of Kemet, right. or if we absolutely have to and we have no other choice, like in a game of Twilight Imperium, right? right? And where the game then kind of rewards you and is still really fun if you're ignoring those parts and there's lots of other interesting things to mess around with. Right. Or and at least I combat like, involving other players, like combat against NPCs. Yes, is, exactly. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like this game doesn't feel like it's coming together for me in the way that I hoped it would, making it, you know, like an A-plus sort of game. Right. Because I don't – I want to avoid the combat as often as possible. Um I will engage in it if I feel like I have to. I came and attacked you because I needed a mountain, you know, in order right, to try yeah. to get up to the to the to the having one of everything sort of like, you know, scoring uh, mechanism because the you and Gabe had basically gobbled up all of the hills and, and mountains on the on the, the shard other than I think there was a couple of hills and eventually I got one. But um, that's why I came after you. It was because I felt like I had no other choice. But, you know, if I had a choice, I probably wouldn't have done it, you know. And <laughs> right. then at the end of the game, we would have had a game like the first game we played where we had zero combats. And it was sort of like, so was that fun? And we were all just sort of like, it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because um, yeah. moving around and gobbling up the land, enjoying the theme, enjoying the art. That's OK. You know, sure. But it's not exactly like a game that I'm going to come out of a room being super excited about and being like, wow, that was the best game this weekend or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and because... Because you and I are avoidant of conflict when we can be in games, I think just as players, I think that this game doesn't come together, you know, with a bow or anything like that for us in particular, but I think that it would for people that want to engage in that combat as like, you know, sort of just like a main thing that they want to go after and they enjoy being, you know, very, very back and forth with the people in their group. I think sure, those yeah. types of people are going to find a lot to enjoy with this game. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of wondering like how it would be if we just went like, you know, balls to the wall, just like sure. Royal frog rumble in space. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it'd be interesting to see if you and I enjoy that. Cause the game definitely looks like it's trying to encourage that. Um, it's not saying you have to play that way, but it's saying you might have fun if you play that way and you can enjoy that. And, and so yeah. it, it would be interesting to play this again and, and see if we play a little bit more aggressively, if that's, uh, you know, if that, if that makes it, you know, suddenly like, you know, a five instead of like a, a three and a half or whatever for us. Five. <laughs> um, but uh you know as as it stands right now having played it the two times you and i've played it and i've played it a couple more times using some solo rules that ricky royal put together uh i I feel like it's a game that is really interesting has some really neat ideas really great theme and artwork um and you know i i I just wish that it all came together just a little bit better for me in sort of like a you know greater than the sum of its parts sort of way right yeah yeah um but i'd still say it's totally worth playing uh if if it sounds interesting to you um, and it might be very much for a, a group that likes a very conflict heavy game. So I give it a solid B plus. <laughs> That's not so bad. That's yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, uh, if people would like to get a hold of us and let us know what the best cosmic power to have, if you are an amphibian out in space would be, how would they do so? Jason, <laughs> All righty. Well, if you uh, want to get in contact with us and let us know that you really, really support uh, gills that are also space wings, <laughs> you, <laughs> you can email us. It's podcast at limitedplaytime.com. You can go to the website, limitedplaytime.com. You can go to Twitter at limitedplaytime or Instagram at limitedplaytimepodcast. See, that's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good start to a, a design for a follow up. Like you, maybe you're going to get enlisted in designing the expansion for this game, or you get to create the frog <laughs> that has 
the gill wings. But also, if you get drafted to do that, Jason, you've got to come up with some way to make the combat a little bit more varied because <laughs> now you're, you're responsible for that. So. All right. Well, if they, if, if they, they ring my phone, I, I have my work cut out for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you in probably two weeks. Uh, we're going to put together a special episode for 120, uh, and we still have to test something to see if it's going to work for that. So uh, we're going to give ourselves two weeks for sure on this one. <laughs> no wishy-washy here. No, 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 no. This this one might be coming out a week and a half after the last one, which is shorter than two weeks. But uh, episode one twenty is definitely going to be a, a good two week window for us. Uh, we're going to need it. Yeah, for sure. All right, all right, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Later. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.